Uh, wow, it's been a little while. Welcome. It's been. It has been a little while. It has. Tis the truth. So uh, this is Relic Buds, episode four, right? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Man, I'm so excited. It, so we took like a week or two off because you came into town, and we did a game convention. And then mm-hmm. as soon as, as soon as we got back, we did some playtesting. And then you had to go back to your home in the mountains. Yep. And then the I had retreat. to get back to trying to get all the Relic Blade inventory dealt with. But we're on a roll. It's a new Monday. A beautiful day to record a podcast. Yeah. And, uh, a it's feeling like day a productive day. Connect with the Relic Buds. Mm-hmm. Relic Buds. Shout out to all the Relic Buds that came through uh, at KublaCon, too. That was pretty sweet to actually like oh man you listen like people listen to the podcast pretty cool yeah it was very cool it was awesome to hear like uh some feedback of of you know just hearing back that people liked hearing about relic blade and catching up with metal king and uh yeah that was great um it was tough i because like traveling to cons is a lot of work and so I do what I can um, to get ready for them and prep and, you know, I need to work through the vendor hours, but then also try to put on events. And and thankfully you were there to help because mm-hmm. otherwise I would have perished. Yes, I think there was uh, on Thursday we were both feeling the, the end of the day because it was just such a confusing day. And I mean, yeah. traveling to do the conventions is so fun, uh, but traveling these days is so weird you know right now because when i was waiting to board there was you know for lack of a better term like a zombie lady who was trying to get on the plane with me and she just looked like she was in a lot of pain or really tired or I just didn't know what was going on. And she it tried like, to, it was like the prologue to a, an outbreak movie. It, it was, that's exactly how it felt. She said something to me and I had my headphones. And I said, what? She said, Oh, I just was wondering if I had my purse. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. And I immediately thought, man, I hope I don't sit next to that lady on the plane. And as I was boarding the plane, counting up, Counting up those little see Oh, I sit on 26. Okay. Right. I see this 26. Look right below it. And I see her face just slumped in the, in the chair. Mouth all all agape. Open. Just just <laughs> looking like, you know, a fly could just fly in there. And it wouldn't even matter. It was just uh, a cavernous. And, <laughs> and I'm like, it's right there. Ah. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. And the, my anxiety immediately, you know, like if you had, if there was like a game that for some reason, there was a travel game and I had, you had travel stats based on anxiety before you just wig out on the plane, just lose it, just snap. Yeah. It was just like the, the meter filled up a little bit. Yeah, it's, you like, know? it's like in Darkest Dungeon that there's like the stress meter uh-huh. where people start get closer to madness and you it, just like took a whole bunch of damage. I was just like, oh no, like I gotta. And then I don't like the, the window seats because it just feels claustrophobic. But in this case, 
I was feeling a little bit of relief because there was a lady in between us and she was a super nice lady. We were having a great conversation flying. I had my mask on. Um, she didn't initially, but she was saying, you know, if it makes you feel comfortable, I could put it on. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. And we were both sort of like, not really saying anything, but both acknowledging, you know, patient zero right next to us on the, on the, on the seat there, head all slump, you know, just like baby neck limp, just like just dangling. I was just like, oh my God, you know, I was concerned, you know, so we're having a great conversation and right in the middle, right, you know, kind of halfway point playing this lady kind of wakes up and just starts like coughing <laughs> and, and the lady next to me was just gave me like the crate, like the, the, uh, the open his eyes, like, oh my goodness, look. And then slowly started to like, while turned to me, slowly retrieve a mask from like her jacket pocket and like slip it on in this, in the, in this, the quickest and silentest fashion that she could. And then the lady got up and went to the bathroom and homegirl next to me just started wiping everything down with this disinfected thing and, and we were both just like I cannot believe this right now you know I cannot believe so that whole situation land on the plane go then end up doing the lift to get to Napa I learned later that there's like two ways that you can kind of go you know from San Francisco to Napa one of them is the wrong way and one of them <laughs> is the right way. And, yeah. you know, so shout out to... You can go in, like, a straight line, or you can go way around. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And shout out to Giancarlo, the Lyft driver, because we went on a, a a journey together across Middle Earth, it felt well, like. I, we like to call it the scenic route. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, it was, because, I mean, I went through the Golden Gate Bridge. It was cool, you know? Yeah. But while I was stuck in traffic out there, you know, after that whole day and the lady and this the drive, I was like, man, I kind of like feel not great, a little queasy, you know? And then finally I arrive at your house. What's up? Oh, celebrations, you know, made it. And then Sarah comes out and it's like, let's go get something to eat. I'm like, yes, that sounds great. I haven't eaten anything all day, you know? We go to uh, Ford's Pizza. Sarah gets the barbecue pizza. I'm just like, yeah, let's. I'm just down to. I'm just down to try whatever you guys down. You know, whatever. Let's go. We'll get. We'll get more if we need more. You know. Go to the bathroom. Return. You know. Have some of the watermelon salad. For some reason, I'm chewing. It's difficult. I don't know. Oh, man, this is hard. This is. This is. Yeah. It's hard to get down. But I love usually watermelon, watermelon is yeah. like the hardest to chew. Yeah, I love it. I'm sitting there going, "What? What is? <clears throat> what's going on?" <clears throat> oh my goodness, you know. And then let me try some of this barbecue pizza. And I just, you know, I know what barbecue pizza tastes like, but for whatever reason, I didn't like spend any time pre preparing my brain and you know mouth tongue centers the, with the signals. And I just, but and I was just like, "Yo." This is this is difficult right now. Where this is like the valley of the shadow of pizza death. Like I'm I'm chewing it and chewing it and we're trying to get it down. And then after I get it down, thank goodness the people behind us they got up. Hostess was gone, and I'm sitting there. You know, you're doing the calculations. It's like the Zach Galifianakis, um, 
meme where he's like doing all the math to float in the front. Yep. That's just how I felt. And it was just like, yes, body, body, tech, body signals incorrect, you know, like seek bathroom. And then it was just like the calculation too far distance, you know, distance too great, you know, seek secondary source, you know, and my body was just getting up and there was that trash can right by the door. And it was just like, just a little throw up, just a little bit, uh, just a little bit. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully managed to completely miss the mask that I was dangling off my neck right into the trash can. It was like the stealthiest little like anxiety travel stomach bug throw up that was just like, yo, we need to cleanse real quick, go back to zero, you know? And like panic-induced. Panic it was just, uh, <laughs> it was so weird, you know? But yeah, after that, and then I just sat back and just looked at you guys and I was just like, well, I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> you know? And so, that first day, you know, was was crazy. We went to yeah, sleep early that day. Start, yeah, you know, yeah. things right. Okay, the I con mean, to, is to be totally clear. Yeah, we did all our COVID tests. And yep. Make sure Next was day, like, you know, clean. I was like, all right, you know, I don't, I can't. I don't, I'm sitting there doing the self diagnosis. I was like, I don't know what that was. You know, I don't know what that was. That was a thing, though. Uh, I guess I should take a COVID test. Did it, thankfully, no, no nasal, you know, no nasal COVID proteins or whatever it says on the, <laughs> the, the swab thing. Uh, and then, yeah. And then for what, it, still, you know, whatever that was, I think, I guess it was just like we were saying, I, I had reached my madness scale yeah. at, at, at some point and the body was like, all right, dude, like, this has been a weird day of you going in, in pressurized, missile coffin tubes in the air and then being in a pressurized like car that smells like so new like kind of nauseatingly fresh mm -hmm. you oh, know yeah. like and you were stuck in traffic for over two hours oh so and yeah you know so i there was a moment where i was like yo giancarlo roll down the window <laughs> but it was like just to breathe the exhaust filled car air so it's like uh do we get the the triple tree freshener super scent air that is just like too fresh or do we just get the complete contrast of the essence of car honk you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy like coming from where i come from like salt lake like driving through san fran was like so different it's just so cramped like that's the main difference for me between like even in napa it's, there's similar things where it just feels like things are kind of just built wherever you know they're just like what's that's a solar farm yeah right there put it right next to oh, the yeah. laundromat yeah it's right next to, to like the, you know we just have to fit it all in especially just, here in napa where we're in a valley like uh, there's no more land mm -hmm. you know you guys utah you could just keep building salt lake city until it bleeds into every other city just Pretty much, like plant, just planet wide. There's plenty of stuff to knock down in case there isn't. You know, that's yeah. old. Just smash that. You know, like I put some apartments on there. You know, um, yeah. but yeah, it's this totally different vibe where it just feels more because it's being actively developed. There's a lot more what appears to be like conscious thought. You know, it feels more like one of the Sims games where you're like 
act I, this is my industrial zone in oh yeah you know and over here is all neighborhoods and then connect this and you got like all of this these areas that are keeping the little meeples happy and stuff because of the requirements or something <laughs> but out, but in california there's just remember i was joking about the necromunda uh, little city uh-huh. that's yeah. like one one very very popular probably popular kids like bike field away from a neighborhood you know like yeah. it's just like neighborhood cool industrial bike hills complex. and super industrial yeah you know it's just like it's i was just thinking about looking out the window of my backyard and just seeing that like all the time you know just like all that stuff you know i was just like man they because there's i mean that definitely there's areas in utah where that can happen but it's much less like so <laughs> right next to each other but yeah it was it was uh it's a whole a whole trip, a whole a whole different yeah. thing, you know. And so while you were while you were traveling, I was just in my garage under piles and piles of garbage, mm-hmm. like trying to sort all the figures, make sure I had inventory. I discovered that I didn't actually have the two player box set in stock, like I thought I did, but then uh, I thought I had reordered. That's them both good and, and bad. Order, Holy smokes, man! Sent the order to uh, Fortress Figures, got the restock, but the two-player set figures weren't in there because of a mix-up. But thankfully, they came through and, like, got them to me really quick. Just turned blasted. Turned for the show. Uh, but then, you know, that means sorting a ton of figures last minute. And But it, it worked out really great. So even though it was yep. exhausting to get to the show and then set up the show and then figure out what the heck was going on, once it was rolling, it was really cool to see everyone. Um, it was really nice to be out you know yeah my my other my other favorite part is that i was thinking when we got to the back you know like every time i travel when we were traveling back to this place i was thinking about the 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 hotel and stuff and i was like here we are loading in like here's the same little hilly little crappy uh, sidewalk landing that goes into this back door that has this random hallway and just like I was thinking about how funny it is to have memories associated with the back of the Hyatt Hotel Mm -hmm. like just these random doors that are you know like these access tunnels for catering and you know all deliveries and stuff and that we were loading in and we're like where is everyone? Oh gosh. You know? (laughs) Where is everyone? And we're like, huh? I guess we'll start setting up. You know, we set up. Yeah, it's just like an hour, maybe. You know, we build the two cases, kind of get the stuff, the set, the, the table set up. Yeah, because we knew go. we were there. We knew we were there early. Yeah, yeah, but we but didn't like, know we had to assemble those display cases, mm-hmm. and so I was like, we'll be here early. It'll be fun. And then, like, being here the day kind of before, we'll be able to play board games or whatever. But then, like. Once we were set up, then it turned out we weren't even supposed to be there yet. Yep. And then that and was the, my favorite. The hall didn't open in the morning the next day. It opened in the evening of the next day. So we were there like a full. We're there at hours ten, we're there at ten. We were there. Wait, we wake up at like nine. Get the coffee. Mm-hmm. Go back to the hall. 
finish setting everything up. Boom, boom, boom. Get the the figures all yeah. set up. Boom, it's looking nice. Oh, okay, now we're ready. And we're sitting there, and it's like 30 minutes to what we think is open, and we're still the only people. There's like two other people. Well, there were, like, were a couple other Yeah, there was like up, a couple. It was mostly empty. But we're like, what is going on here? And then someone's like, oh, yeah, uh, floor opens at four. We're like, yeah, it was super good. The, the info was hidden somewhere on the website. Yeah. I still couldn't find it by like by Sunday. I still couldn't find the schedule for the vendor hall. Yeah, we were like, uh, okay, I guess we'll come back in like six and a half hours. Yeah. And well, then, I mean, that was cool though. Yeah, that was drank cool. Beer and we played Scythe. Uh, Fully painted scythe. Fully painted scythe. Yeah. And Greg I did. Horton, he he went hard and he painted all the little scythe minis. So we yeah, had little mechs. Was... And, and, and that game maybe is. Maybe the most beautifully painted tiger I've ever played with. Oh, that's true. Strikes. And I played with oh, it. Great. That was my tiger lady. And... So that was a lot of fun. We built mechs and drank beers and shot cannons. And I at was each other. very bad at it the first time. And I thought that <laughs> no, was I think the it second was... time. No, the second time was when you were profoundly bad yeah yeah no that's i was gonna say like, <laughs> the first uh, time it was like i think we're getting the hang of this you uh -huh. use the you use okay the now the second game i'm gonna employ everything i know to almost like there's if there's like a possible bad score like threshold like i think i scored like 15 and that's like not even recognizable if there was a threshold it'd be like poor score like 35 to 40. Ooh, we'll try it better yeah. next time. But my shit was just like, the designer would have walked away from my table. He would have been like, I gotta go. Yeah, I mean, he would have <laughs> known that you didn't read the rule book. You were just, <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He's like, oh, you're not supposed to be planning for your second uh, what's it? Secret objective? because you, yeah, you, you tried to do two secret objectives. Mm -hmm. and you can only do one. And they're hard. They're like throughout the game yeah like, you have to pretty much focus yeah. on doing it and greg's face when i was like and i do my second one, he's like why <laughs> i was like we we just, what do you mean why place a star yeah i was like what do you mean why <laughs> he's like you can only do one i was like well that's 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 not good you know yeah, so and then so, yeah. right and then we return the to at four the highlight of the con oh go on i was gonna say that somehow even though we returned at four because we had that we woke up early set it up went and chilled drank played some games you know figured out what we would do hall opened at four you know first people was swinging through and even though it was only open from four to eight it felt like it was open from four to like four like it was the, I know. It somehow was like the longest, longest <laughs> it was so it was just like uh, yeah. i think it's when your body's prepared to work from certain hours to certain hours like you just plan for it and then if the plan changes i just i'm i can't do it um but yeah by but saturday night was the relic blade event and we had like 20 people show up Yes, we that was so maybe, hype. Maybe 10. Um, and like a bunch of people coming through, checking out, showing a bunch of people how to play. Um, yeah, we had a ton of fun. Set up a bunch of cool tables using the black site terrain, using my scratch built terrain. I know. Like when we brought so much terrain, because like one thing we kind of glossed over is like we 
you know, being being just a small little team that's traveling, fitting everything in the car that we wanted to bring, that was like on Tetris level master, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because getting the booth to look okay is one thing, but then having being able to run events is like a whole other job. Yeah, and so Uh, we had so much terrain. And I remember thinking like, we have so much terrain. Like, well, this is crazy. Like, this is so much terrain. But when we were running that event, I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness we have all this terrain. Oh, absolutely. Because I was like able to just put together these tables. I mean, if we we could have set up four more tables or even six more tables, we would have had players for it. You know, people would have played yeah i think i remember reading a couple of people did not get their chance to throw down but yeah which is so sad i i did get to play a game yes uh, i did. got to play a game against samwise finally at the end but then like because i always am just play testing or whatever finally getting to play i just like steamrolled him the dice were in my favor the warband build was like super hard and just crushed him it was sad. I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> did I, I did play as well. Um it was Salvador, I think, that I was mm-hmm. that I would met played against. You met at the show and that was really yeah. cool. And yeah, he he commented on that it was a great game because I uh like theatrically played good and bad at the right moments that allowed him to enjoy it but still win and i was like uh, yeah, yeah right. all in purpose you <laughs> yeah, know like sure. that's I'm that's my skill set yeah. yeah i, I was like cool story. i was like yep that's the style you know just roll fail all my crucial roles and have you guys do awesome counterattacks to make everything i just did just ow but yeah, all right, so KublaCon, yeah, we got to do a convention. I'm sorry if you didn't make it. I'm so happy I got to see you if I did. Uh, but uh, then after the show, we had a day or two. We, like, we totally just, like, slept the rest of Monday. We were Yeah, we came back. And, on Tuesday, we woke up and finally got started and got to do solo playtesting. And uh, and we were able to take the feedback from the playtesters. Oh, and it was such like, good feedback. Process that. And yeah, and it was really good detailed feedback about play experience and then also difficulty, um, you know, things that weren't super clear and some like really game changing ideas. Um, and some like uh, yeah. between the adventures, we added a, a short rest, you know, a D&D style short rest where characters can kind of spend choose what they're going to do with their short rest to either like try and scavenge more items or bandage their wounds or whatever uh yeah that was mad mad's idea and then so we implemented that stuff got it going and we were able to set up and play through i think we played six of the seven missions because we just didn't play no maybe we we played played all seven yeah we played all seven missions we well, fought against yeah, both including bosses. the prologue. There's, there's yeah. seven, and man, we had a heck of a time. It was so much fun. Um, it yeah, was it was a lot more. It was a lot more balanced where we felt the challenge, but we didn't just get like uh, crushed right away. Yeah, you know, like um, 
because we got that that short rest really makes a difference where you aren't just like crippled and then going into the next scenario completely crippled because even just healing a little bit between each scenario uh, um, kept your guys going a lot stronger so that was awesome it was so much fun to run through those dungeons and fight those monsters so then you went back and then again this is that was last week and then yeah this, this weekend that just happened we got another round of playtesting done mm-hmm. where you and your friends threw down and um and now learned more today we stuff. spent the morning spent the morning going back through the playtest or through the document and and it's pretty much cleaned up and now it's going to get edited so really stoked uh solo is moving forward at a good pace we've uh, managed to figure out now i have i know what product design i want because that was a major yeah, barrier i think yeah. i talked about that before and like that that's what yeah. we were really like able to crunch down on when we were able to get together and physically play through it where we were seeing how many of this this enemy you know and also the design of them which ones yeah. should be used in which scenario and why yeah uh, yeah and i think we got the we got it so that if if people buy the relic blade figures for the monsters it won't be an obscene amount of figures to buy and then it also you'll get a lot of use out of each of them so i think that all is tidied yeah. up in a really nice way i'm super excited cuz now i can go back and work on the sculpts and really give characterful uh, really loving detail to the, the exact number that I need to produce, and so I feel like I feel really encouraged. I'm excited this week. I'm planning on sculpting, and um, and I sent the document away to get edited so that we can find all of the weird typos and hanging gerunds. And hanging gerunds. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a term, right, for writing. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what it is. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's some kind of like writing problem. Mm. A uh, anyway, so yeah, Jarend. Yeah, and so yeah, we're moving ahead, and uh, we've got the dungeon crawl. And I, uh, I was even thinking as we were doing the edit, thinking about changing what type of dungeon terrain you need, because the way it's designed, you have rooms that r- can. You'll have like a four four inch by four inch square for a small room, an eight inch by eight inch square for a large room. There's a four inch by eight inch room for a long room, yeah. and like you can arrange them different ways to build your dungeon encounters. Um, but there was uh, platforms where they were smaller, yes, and they could stack on top of the rooms or set next to the rooms to create different layouts. And I was on the fence about whether I should include those because it, it adds an extra level of uh, requirement for people to be able to, you know, build their dungeon terrain. Um, but then I told Ash Barker that I was going to remove them. And he was like, oh, why? Like, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, he was like, I think it's so cool. So instead i went in and made the dungeon layouts include even more platforms yeah was able to Uh, not more number of platforms that you'll need to build but just in the layouts integrating them more throughout yeah and and so the whole thing is coming along really cool 
Because, yeah, I love the the distinctions now between, like, room and platform and that some of the rooms now feature, like, what equates to, like, a secret passage. It's this open platform area that is really cool, I think, from, like, a theming mm -hmm. perspective. And now there's a nice, like, mechanical element that, that was uh, not really present in the in the previous versions of the rules that still featured platforms. It was like, they're there and you can set platforms up. And that's like, cool. we had the rules for how they work, but as, because we were still learning the format, right? So as we were writing the scenarios, we had to figure out exactly how we were going to implement all the ingredients that we'd agreed upon. Mm -hmm. And so again, going back and being like, Oh, you'll only end up with two of the beast creatures because we're going to produce two beast figures. Yeah, you know? yeah. Instead of being like, well, in some missions there will be three, in some missions there will be zero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, trying to make sure we're really and, and, locking in on the product and the and what you're as what each player is expected to have on hand, but then also making sure what they have on hand is fun and played with rather than just for a corner case. Yeah, and I think one thing that curiously enough sort of helped us like unlock this little puzzle in our head is thinking about it in like this sort of weird video game kind of way where you were talking about the spawns how mm -hmm. you can only have x amount you know available at a time and if those two are out you're gonna spawn the next strongest guy and it yeah. sort of like had this vibe of like a video game respawn system that yeah you know, has all of the enemies kind of cycling. Yeah, because that in. was the that like uh the cycle of the mm -hmm. weaker, medium and strong enemies. Uh that's something that's in Cretaceous Commandos. And so that's something I got to explore as I was playtesting that, that I was able to cycle back and bring into Relic Blade solo. Cause, you know, I haven't really written solo games very much, so it's a little bit newer. And and laying the foundation for Relic Blade Solo is really important because it's laying a foundation for, like, my main livelihood, my main game, in a format that, it, I mean, Relic Blade's an action RPG. So having this player versus environment adventure mode where you're, you know, moving heavy blocks to lock into chambers to solve puzzles and unlock new portions of the dungeon, like, you... Like, this needs to be good. It needs yeah, to be right, no, you know? It so, can't just be if an enemy's near you, they charge you, or if they are shy, then they dodge. Like, it can't just be that. It has to be <laughs> they're shy. just oh, right. Yeah. yeah, no, and that's what's so interesting about it, because, like, the iteration that we've arrived at feels so nice, so tight, so um, intentional, you know? Like, yeah. where now with all of the pieces that we have in place it's just like like the the word foundation you know where it's just mm -hmm. like oh my goodness like this is really cool because this is while this adventure is specific it it contains like these key kind of ingredients that mm -hmm. um that really open up the future for what can be done with Relic Blade Adventures being yeah. like an action RPG. And I think, RPG. I mean, this campaign, this campaign has lots of 
replayability. Yes, it totally like, does. It's been exciting and crazy each time I've played it. Um, so there's tons of variation built into just this first campaign. But like you said, it's it's building this foundation for future Relic Blade adventures. And and my dream of Relic Blade being this action RPG really is coming to fruition because, you know, the fantasy genre includes the the climactic battle between the two warbands, right? Where named heroes or and villains are finally showing down. But there's also this like daily adventure of Skyrim entering a entering a tomb and hitting a mm-hmm. zombie and finding a treasure that it, I feel like would be really fun to do with Relic Blade. And just having the solo format means that we can do even just small adventures. Or bigger adventures like this one is really connected to the themes and stories and adventure of the Storms of Kural. But I don't know. I'm really excited for Ooh, yeah, the potential of writing like smaller content we also talked. where you'll be able to do new, simpler adventures or adventures that tie back to older storylines. Because, yeah, we, t- we, we were talking about in the campaign craft episodes about like the relics being like MacGuffins for yeah. entire adventures. And you think about the possibility for campaigns that have players going after a specific relic for a reason, and there's, um, you know, different warbands involved and different sort of activation charts that really create this kind of particular narrative, all the way down to something where it's just like the Ogsul are attacking the temple. And you gotta defend it, you know? And it's just like temple defense scenario, you know, where it's just like a one-off thing. It's like, mm-hmm. get 100 points. You have 100 threat, you know? And you have yeah. your secret actions. Well, even with that, even with that, because part of the Catacombs of Corral is that an adversary in control of his two champions and an advocate in control of her two champions are working together to try and deal with this adventure yeah and so just like that you'd be able to have that be a a an adventure that happens part way through a a campaign you know if you just want a different exactly right a different play experience we talk about campaign uh, craft yeah a different play experience throwing in a temple defense against og soul which is which are the trolls from this um catacombs of crawl campaign Mm -hmm. like those figures played into a normal game night of relic blade it's gonna be really cool i'm excited yeah and to to kind of dive a little bit more on the theme of this adventure what is kind of like not there's no real ideal way to play but sort of the way it's themed is if you and your buddy are playing storms of Kurol, you know and you have the four advocates for adversaries just everything using from the the set you play through yeah yeah, you play from the box set you play through the campaign you go through you have a conclusion right and then from that conclusion you just jump immediately into catacombs of corral you take those same characters that you were just playing with you Mm know um and you shuffle them I get two, you get two, you know, and then boom, we're in the prologue. Uh, 
and you take the upgrades that those characters had boom 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 that's the upgrade deck you know for the thing and then start playing catacombs of coral with these characters and yeah. then you know and then you see if this it, it's just like this continuous theme of like what could happen where in, you know earlier in the afternoon we were battling against each other in relic blades traditional dynamic you know scenario tactical driven like against getting relics and unleashing crazy attacks on each other there's that cool narrative and then by the evening where these two characters that were at each other's throats you know earlier in the day are now trying to help each other escape from the catacombs yeah. you know and that's sort of kind of exactly what it's kind of built like you know in a way yeah. you know and that's that's a that's an interesting an interesting like happy side effect you know because what this was originally going to be was escape from the decrepit depths which was going to follow the events of the summer so the summer global campaign on tabletop mm -hmm. simulator where we introduced like the beetle legion the depth beetle legion and the beetle king and the beetle king like breaks free from the shackles and causes these crazy earthquakes to happen you're deep fighting him in this subterranean realm and then your guys fall down ah, and they fall into the the decrepit depths and while everything is like collapsing around them they're trying to run from room to room and they're battling what were called the depth denizens which were just monsters from the the monster chart and then yeah. Yeah, chop the zombie up chop the up, get to this room blah 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 you know and then that was that was that and then after all of our talks and meetings and it's like ideas about what could happen because we were like to to reference back to the beginning we were talking about like product design you know and what to kind of do with uh at some point sean just sculpted a whole bunch of little troglodyte warrior dudes it's just oh boom here's a whole is 25 ish sculpts you know and then it came to the point well like let's let's do something with them let's use them mm -hmm. you know relic blade needs some some bad guys so it's, it's a sort of uh external threat enemy that's not a seeker you know it's um yeah it's it's been else. a long a big process of like a collaborative stew yeah so and many like crazy ideas been mixing and and uh stirring up into something like new even though we had intentions going in Mm -hmm. it, it's really developed uniquely by being because this this expansion in particular i think storms of crawl too but this one even more so has been uh more of like closer to a 50 50 split of game design between you and me yeah where we're like messing with stuff and and figuring out exactly what we want for it and like like i said at the beginning of this show like laying this foundation right has been uh, like yeah, kind of yeah. a lot of pressure for uh, sure because so. like we mentioned in a previous episode where like you can't and curiously enough uh someone reached out to me yesterday seeing the stories that i was sharing about the playtesting and they uh -huh. said that they were so excited about solo because they've been playing solo against 
just the and using just the enemy behavior types the guard oh, yeah. in in predator and and i was like that's super in- like that's super interesting that that you know that that you're able because so there was is this basic skeletal framework of like ai uh behavior that can be used you know and there and it's those kind of elements that made me think about you know starting to play relic blade against myself and tons of games where i've just played relic blade against myself with one warband against the other warband and there's there is a possibility for this simplistic yeah if you want to play relic blade solo <laughs> or co-op you know if you want to play co-op give your friend control of those two guys you know where there's more intention behind it and there's more mechanical difference between playing solo and in playing mm-hmm. cooperative now mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of these these things that have emerged that have really made what really made crafting this whole system like just makes so much sense as it comes closer and closer to fruition where i'm just like yeah like to to think back and feel like that there you know that i was like i don't know what else needs to be done I don't know, you know, and then we do all these things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's this right here and this and this makes total sense. And, you know, like to reference um, another kind of feedback game changing thing that sort of clicks into a way that made us both see both like an interesting mechanic that's that has real cool um like player kind of depth like tactical choice and a little bit of like agency that was missing and that was the idea that you can re-roll a dice on the activation chart but your character has to lose an ad and that was a great idea and it was themed i think in the feedback to be something like that a wizard can do on like a prognostication kind of thing and while that was an interesting theme when it hit us that focus like a sort to the way that the focus action functions in relic blade and applying that to kind of be what you pay for with this mechanic and that it just all clicked in that it was like that makes so much sense yeah because focus in general is really an interesting rule because it's it's not just the cost of the die because you can only do it once. So you, because you have to choose one thing to focus on. And so there's a, an opportunity cost also. Yeah. So like, cause often you'll, it, I think of it a lot with rogues where you want to focus dodge. So you've got two dodge tokens, but then you also want to focus on hitting with your dagger. Cause it's hard to hit stuff with your dagger. Mm-hmm. So, and then you also want to focus on lighting the brazier, you know? So, uh, it, it all the more the cost to benefit analysis for a reroll becomes more complicated because you're losing not only an AD but you're losing the ability to focus on something else. But ones are so bad yeah. that you've got to try. And so if you're using that caution reroll to reroll your result on the activation chart, which is how enemies proc and activate, so and, and, and stuff, a, yeah. a bad roll will 
see uh, multiple enemies doing bad stuff to you in a good role, like a five or a six, we'll see you being able to activate uninterrupted by the by the game. And so being able to re-roll gives you a sense of like when you roll a one, it's not just a proud hero being a bumbling fool if you roll a one and then you re-roll a one like you know the dungeon is very dangerous like yeah the ambush efforts are not stopping the monsters from bursting through and yeah so i think it reinforces so much and then it also gives us a chance to like kind of uh balance the activation chart because it's not just a straight d6 something bad will happen yeah, it's like something bad will happen, but probably someone will re-roll it. So it's really snake eyes is when you get the really yes. bad results. And yeah. it's in and in play testing that happened, and it was crazy. And also several times the re-roll one to a six happened, and and the the fist bumps, the yes, you know, come through. But yeah, just the the way that relic blade because we had two kind of moments like this that sort of were just like oh the relic blade system is so interesting and unique for this specific reason where the the concept of focusing on the activation result it it thematically works as your character you know is is trying to prepare or or get themselves in a different position switch footing you know it's got all these different thematic kind of uh, meanings, but then later we also realized because of the enemy targeting rules that they target characters with dodge tokens. And that initially I put that in just because I wanted them to um, shed dodges. Mm-hmm. You know, like enemies are just gonna if they if multiple like for example if you get an ambush and you have one dodge token on you. One's going to try and take the hit you with the dodge and then, you know, deliberately try to get you to use it so that you are open for an attack or something like that. But it also it occurred to us later that the dodge token, because of these, the, the targeting rules and the activation results and stuff, it functions as a taunt in like a traditional kind of dungeon crawler where yeah. the character with the taunt or rather with the dodge action is going to um be like taunting the yeah they become the priority target yeah because the yeah it's interesting because the the dodge token really represents the character's behavior like that they're investing their activation in their in a defensive behavior and that includes you know, it includes so inv- much investing in, in using your shield to protect your friends, or including, yeah, uh, the fighting style, right? So it's it's been really cool to watch the um, again the action RPG elements of Relic Blade just continue to translate so well into the adventure of fighting trolls and these dungeons and and the howling howling enemies chasing you it reminds me of uh, yeah there was there was so many neat ideas in the hobbit in the hobbit books when the dwarves are running through and the goblins are chasing after them oh Oh, yeah yeah for sure i think especially with some of the new rules that we kind of kind of zoomed in on and made a little better 
through the encroaching horde. Which... Oh yeah, and and that thematically it makes more sense because originally, uh, originally at turn three and on turn five, the monsters from the original setup would respawn, and so yeah. uh, as its naked game mechanics, that is us saying like, oh, you've probably killed some monsters. Let's yeah, let's put you're, some. You're still in a dangerous situation. The monsters come back, but now it's it's explicitly that the the enemies the like armed forces of the enemies are in pursuit of you and so the first thing to arrive are their scouts which are these hounds and then the next thing that arrives are the, the warriors foot, the and soldiers. then the last thing to arrive is soldiers plus one of the elites and so it it continues that same like you're being pursued by these this basically an army and as you know relic blades a game of heroes and swords uh and when you're fighting against the whole army it's not quite a fair fight and so you, yeah. you gotta keep going because in relic blade like anyone can die from a sword like you you don't it doesn't matter if you're level 20 it's <laughs> it's crazy and this this mode is going to really it it's going to you know, having that a, a real knowledge of relic blade mechanics, and in addition to the new mechanics that we've represented, yeah. and they're not really we haven't really add, there's there's a few new rules, but they're very sort of uh, like basic, um, and most of the mechanics are sort of just say expanded targeting behavior, so to speak, for wild monsters, for yeah. for monsters and stuff, but there isn't. A, a whole heap new to learn you're really playing relic blade yeah. just that you've kind of got one little new kind of frame on it in all of these like i i guess to just put into words a simple distinction is when you choose a character in relic blade uh to activate and they activate and you spend uh a 80 to do a dodge action the token remains on the character until that character activates again and so um, an important distinction to like understand in the solo would be that when you choose a character to activate in solo, you nominate them and then you roll on the activation chart and you resolve those results asterisks before the character activates. And why right. that's important is that you don't like choose a character and then like remove remove their dodge token and then roll on the chart and then find out what happened yeah yeah because uh, the the core is in relic blade you have alternating activation so i'll activate my cleric and then you activate your wizard and then i activate my knight and so because in solo you've got four heroes in this party um there there isn't an implicit alternating activation um, and so the activation chart is where you roll to find out whether the character is ready to have initiative over the, the dangers of the dungeon and the other monsters, or if that opening between your character's activations is going to be exploited by the enemy. Yeah. And so there are varying degrees where multiple enemies could activate or, or rather trigger attacks between your actions or you'll roll really well and your team will be working like yeah, a well-oiled really, machine exactly. and, and they won't dynamic be hero moments 
Yeah, so with the activation chart is the biggest change to how you play Relic Blade. And and it, again, you know, it'll take someone reading through the booklet to know how to play yeah. Relic Blade solo, but we've always I've always really prioritized making sure it it takes time to say it, but nothing is overly complicated. You know, yeah, yeah. there's nothing that's like you got to like try and wrap your mind around. Hopefully it's reinforced by theme. Hopefully it's reinforced by clear words that you'll you'll just be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah and that's course. I think that's one of the greatest strengths, because like going back to the idea of like how things were designed before and how things could easily be designed. It's like, yo, there's the monster generator in the back generator monster and here's a basic activation chart and there's the, you know there's so much um kind of there's that basic framework that could be used for sure but what was important that we kind of got down was this close marriage between enemy behavior enemy design yeah. scenario design activation chart design mm-hmm. that makes all of these things like you say reinforced by theme yeah. you know yeah. and, and and i mean and again like you have to fight the guys who are trying to stop you but the scenarios are all super active like you are there to try and achieve those dungeon dungeons and dragons exciting puzzles while being uh harried yeah by, or being blasted by, by traps yeah and, being bl- yeah exactly i love that sneaking around having rogues disable traps while goblins are popping out of the shadows and your wizards and blasting yeah. with fireballs and again as an example it. like the traps the enemies have high armor in those scenarios and the traps would have the the potion that burns armor so it's like if your rogue manages to activate it doesn't trigger the trap sneaks up disables the trap gets the upgrade throws the corrosive vial on the high armor enemy just splashes it reducing his armor and then comes in with like a crazy crit backstab you know like these activations just feel you just it's so cool because you're just like yeah. holy yeah, I don't smokes spoil all the sweet sweet puzzles but it is like it is it's cool I, it definitely uh yeah when i play tested it with my brother and my friend matt like we have a background like my I've gotten my brother to play Warhammer with me over the years but for the most part he's been really into D&D and Matt played Warhammer back in the day and but has gotten more into role playing as his as his hobby and so sitting down and showing them this it really struck them just as it struck you and I that these adventures are a tactical D&D setup where oh, you yeah. you feel like oh my gosh this is what I wanted a D and D encounter to be like. Yeah. It, it reminds you know watching uh watching Hanker in for a nail on uh, Index RPG with his Rune Hammer. He yes. he has a lot of really good videos where he talks about how to DM and how to set up encounters. And I think that his um, mentality of like setting it up and showing people the prizes and treats and the triggers and the timers yes, all that t- game the, design the stuff timers. that game design stuff that he talked about really influenced the way i think about these adventures 
And so I'm really excited to try and bring in more of that action RPG element yeah. to the Relic Blade format. Yeah. You know, with things, there's, there's things that aren't even touched in this solo thing, like keywords for characters, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like there's just so many interesting corners to go and explore. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I hope that all y'all are excited for Yeah, because this is it. This is what we're... I mean, this is the main Relic Blade development right now. Catacombs uh, of Crawl. Really trying to get Catacombs of Crawl out. And moving forward, I'll be sculpting the rest of this week um, and going to be get, going through copy editing. And hopefully we can move forward and have it released before too long. Yes. Um, so It'll be cool. I think that I think that was gonna wrap it up for us today, y'all. Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to finishing my playtesting session because I got my little setup right over there. The Black Sight Studio stuff is is perfect for it. There's a lot of a lot of great things, especially with the new changes you made to the map. It's, setting them up is cool like i'm like oh look at this little level right here's a level you know yeah it's a little level it's neat it is. but all right my man good chatting this has For been sure. relic buds episode four solo splash down in the deep yeah. goo <laughs> we'll catch you guys right. later peace goodbye relic buds bye